Oh, yeah. You see that gunslinger right there? We interview a man who has many talents. Sure, he played football for 17 years with four pro organizations, multiple Pro Bowls, and a Super Bowl ring. But he's also a record holder, being the first player in the NFL to complete a touchdown pass to himself. A dad, a husband, TikTok star who has more fun than anyone else, and those are his own words. We welcome in a man who made Doink Nation popular. Over there in the corner pocket, backed by popular demand. His initials, the BBB, not the Better Business Bureau, but Big Bad Brad. Let's go! What's going on, man? (laughs) He got the merch ready, too. Oh, Lord. Spot on, you know what I mean? Never know when it might come up. How how did my let's go go? You know what? (laughs) I got all these TikToks, you know what I mean? So... We, we started, I started making all these shots and fast. I played two years of basketball at Florida State and grew up a basketball nut. And so I was like, I can do football and basketball. I've seen all these trick shots people do. They do, you know, a lot of times it's a one shot wonder kind of thing, you know, a baseball bat and a basketball or whatever it may be. But I said, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to make three, four, maybe five shots in a row and just see if um, something different. And a lot of it kind of become my therapy because sometimes it's first time, first take. <laughs> then sometimes it's a little work but when that when that i'm telling you when the last shot goes in it is pure jubilation and it i mean it brings out the let's go because it is i mean i'm jacked up out there i'm a lot of times I, it's me and a tripod and it's but it's fun though you know what i mean yeah and i, I mean it's, it's it's entertaining and and i gotta ask i mean where does the inspiration for all these shots come from because you're you're doing like you said four or five in one video yeah, it's just it's just sometimes it's just if I can get it done. I mean, does it happen in five minutes? Sometimes. Does it happen? <laughs> does it happen in, in four days? I mean, it is work. I go out there and I mean I'm burning calories, I'm getting exercise. I mean, it's a goal. I mean, some people they play remember the game called Round the World when you play basketball. Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember that one. Should I chance it or not? Or so, I mean, you know, what I mean stuff like that. Well, this is like I mean, it's all or nothing. I mean, it is, you got to make every shot <laughs> and it's clutch. I mean, you feel, you kind of feel the pressure of making the shots. And so when that sucker goes in, I mean, it's, I mean, damn, we did it. You know what I mean, so, and and then hopefully, and I, I really want people to, you know, it's get outside your house. It's, it's have humor about yourself, have excitement, set a goal, whatever your goal may be, what, you know, it may not be making these trick shots, but it may be around the world for you or maybe making, See if I can make five, six foot putts, or maybe I can make a putt from five feet, ten feet, fifteen feet. See how long that'll take you. So whatever the goal is, the goal is. But see if you just don't quit. That's the biggest deal. And, I and love Brad, that. Yeah, I think I think I'd be on the 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 other spectrum of that that four days maybe up. So I'm I'm really watching <laughs> your videos to kind of shorten my time frame and get get into your uh, one hit wonder kind of things. So that's that's where I need to be right now. I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, and it is what it is. I mean, whatever gets you excited, whatever makes you motivate, stay in your skill set. You know what I mean? So whatever happens, happens. But, you know, you, you can put music to it. You can put enjoyment to it. You can do the let's go. I mean, whatever it is, it is. I mean, I get so many different suggestions. And why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I say, you know, what? I'm going to do what I want to do. So, and then th- I always put it on there, like, challenge, try it. And uh, I just have fun doing it. So hopefully that's what, it, hopefully that's what everybody gains from it.
So, Brad, I want to start out in the early years, way before TikTok and way before you were a TikTok star. So uh, you're you're born in Georgia, you're raised uh, in North Carolina, you attend Charles Owen High School, uh, where you played football and basketball, like you said. And not surprising, I mean, you're a dual sport athlete. You received right. All-American honors as quarterback and All-State honors for the basketball team. Now, you carried this to the collegiate level as you played on the Florida State men's basketball team from 87 to 89 and even started 11 games as a freshman. And then in 1988, you joined the football team as a redshirt freshman and holder. So the following year, your third string quarterback behind Peter Tom Willis and Casey Weldon. But it, right. it seems like you're equally as talented at that point in basketball and football. You played college basketball before you played football, and you didn't have a clear path to starting right away. So why did you ultimately choose football over basketball? Yeah, my passion growing up as a kid was basketball. I mean, I loved it. It was Larry Bird, Chris Mullen. I mean, I loved North Carolina basketball. Brad Doherty went to my high school. He was a, a big-time pro, a seven-footer. Roy Williams, he was coach at my high school. He was a Carolina. I was a big Dean Smith fan, a big Bobby Cremins, a Georgia Tech fan, like – I love basketball. Football, I could throw a football, but I never worked at it, you know. But but it's something I had more potential in doing. So I had a major choice in, in high school, what I wanted to do. And so, you know, the, the, the comparisons were there's a guy named Vinny Testaverde at the University of Miami who won a Super Bowl. And, I mean, who, who won the Heisman and, and uh, six foot five, 225 bronze statue. I mean, stud, you know what I mean? But I had a long ways to go before I reached that level. But when I went to college, I, you know, I went there to play football on a football scholarship and then had to make a major decision. Like at some point after my second year, I was like, I was football was going into the basketball season with the season and then foot and then basketball because of going to the NCAAs twice, I was missing half of spring football. Yeah. So I was competing against some great players and quarterbacks, uh, Casey Weldon and Charlie Ward and Chris Winky and Peter Tom Willis and, <laughs> and basketball is the same thing. So, at some point, I got my passion was to hopefully make it to the NFL level and put all my time and effort into that. Well, we don't want to foreshadow, even though we already know how your career goes. But I mean, hey, you finish out your collegiate career four and two record your junior year. I mean, nine games your senior season, and you know every year you were at Florida State, they won a bowl game. So you must have been pretty good luck. Yeah, and again, I only played. I only started one game my senior year. I was behind uh, Casey Weldon, who were best friends. He was a runner up to the Heisman. Should have won the Heisman. Should have won that. Had a chance to win the national championship. That was the the wide right field goal when people remember it and that kind of stuff. But but I, what I remember about Florida State had a great coach and Bobby Bowden, legend, one of the all time greatest. Uh, Mark Rick was my now my brother in law, um, QB coach, and just uh, you, you're talking about like Deion Sanders and Leroy Butler and Terrell Buckley and Amp Lee and Edgar Bennett and the list goes on of just great players. But I remember competition and practice that took place. Um, that was probably tougher than the games. You know? <laughs> and that was where the spirit, just everyone where we lived at Burr Reynolds Hall there. I mean, just, you know, who's the fastest on the team? Who's the best basketball player? Who's the best at checkers? I mean, who's the best here? You know what I mean? King of the hill, cream of the crop. I mean, that's, that's what it was. It was competition at all times at Florida State. And a lot of those guys went off to help, you know, have great, great careers. So, so Brad, I got to ask something. Obviously, you know, you had a great career at Florida State. Obviously, we know where it led to, uh, as Eric pointed out. So you have big ties with Florida State. You also have big ties to Texas A&M. So hypothetically, due to your son playing the quarterback position there, hypothetically, if they were to, you know, go against each other, who, who are we, you know, cheering for? Is that is that a mutual kind of split or what, what's, what's it looking like there? 
Yeah, my, both my both my boys, Max. Uh, Max, he's a quarterback. He's at LSU actually the past two years and transferred to Texas A&M. And then my younger son, Jake, he's a tight end. He's at Texas A&M now. So uh, they're rooming together, and it's pretty cool as parents for my wife, Nick, and I to kind of say those, you know, they get to play college. They, they get to live their dream, you know what I mean? But obviously blood's always going to be thicker than anything. But always rooting for the Knowles, but going to always pull from us kids. And I don't think they're going to play, play against each other unless it's a bowl game. That's a that. good dad answer right there. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so, Brad, I want to go back to your career. So you enter the 1992 NFL draft. You're selected by the Vikings in the ninth round as their third-string quarterback behind Rich Gannon and Sean Salisbury. And the same was for the following season as you dressed for the first 10 games but enacted the final six. Now, come the 94 season, you're elevated to backup behind Warren Moon. You play your first regular season game in a 42-14 to win against the Bears. And you get more playing time over the season goes. But what I think is interesting is in the offseason of 95, you played with the London Monarchs. Now, I feel like most players, they want the offseason to rest, you know, both mentally and physically, see their families, vacations, et cetera. What made you want to take that opportunity? Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because I didn't play much. I was, I was a late bloomer as a quarterback. I only started six or seven games in college. My first three years in the pros – behind Rich Gannon, behind uh, Jim McMahon, behind Warren Moon. Like, there's not a lot of practice reps, not long game reps. And so I needed I needed an opportunity to play in the league. It went extinct in the World League. There were six teams, uh, London, uh, uh, Scotland, Amsterdam, Frankfurt, and Berlin, or Dusseldorf for the teams. And it was a chance to go play a 10-game schedule over in, uh, in the World League. I got to be a leader of the team, got to make plays, got to make mistakes. I uh, just needed that opportunity. And, you know, and look back at there's three or four guys that had successful careers by doing it. Uh, Kurt Warner, John Kidna, uh, Jay Fiedler, some quarterbacks that kind of went over there. You take an opportunity as a backup. You don't necessarily get to come back and be be the guy. You know what I mean? So you got to put yourself mm-hmm. over there, come back. And then uh, it kind of worked out for me just to play that that offseason. I just needed reps. And uh, so it worked out. It was a great opportunity for me. And, and uh, probably the boldest move I made as a, as a, as a person, as a player, as a quarterback, to take that opportunity to go play in the world league. And, and um, it was bold, but it worked out. I mean, bold and worked out. It did because come the 96 season, you started eight out of the 12 games. You earned NFC offensive player of the week, two times, and things just keep getting better and better. The 97 season, you started 12 games. You went eight and four with over 3000 yards and 20 touchdowns before suffering a neck injury. And your last season in Minnesota, it was an interesting one. You and Randall Cunningham, both split time at quarterback, a lot of it due to injury, um, the team went overall 15 and one. And I mean, that that's probably as good as you can get in regular season. And then, but what I think is interesting is after the season, Cunningham is named the starter and you're trading to Washington for a first, second and third round pick. Now I'm always curious to ask, ask athletes of what was your experience getting traded? Because I'm sure it's not a joy. You pick up your bags, you move, but does part of you feel honored that a team is willing to give up that much for your services? Yeah, you, you know, in the 98 season, it was really it was a strange year. That was the year we were 15 to 1, one of the best years ever in professional football. That year I had a had a neck injury, lost all the strength in my hand. I broke my ankle, I broke my thumb. I think I was healthy for three games the whole season. Those were the three games I played. And um, so I started the season and broke it and I was out. And so it was just a weird year for me, because uh, I couldn't even play. Wasn't even, wasn't even dressed, but but that year I needed to move on in the trade. I've been at Minnesota for seven years, go to the Washington for all the, the picks that you talk about. And so I didn't really look at it as far as the, the, what they gave up. 
in the trade because they actually got that back with that. I don't know if you remember the Chant Bailey. Yeah. Bailey in the uh, Ricky Williams trade. So they kind of got all those picks back. It was really interesting, you know. So, But I enjoyed my two years there in Washington, uh, playing for North Turner, a new system. We made the playoffs, won the division the very first year. Hadn't been done there in seven or eight years, and I loved that opportunity. Threw for 4,000 yards that year, which the game's kind of changed, but that was a, it was just a fun time for me. I mean, it's like you read my notes, or maybe you know your career better than I do at this point, because you're right. You threw for 4,000 yards, 24 passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns. It's a fantasy podcast. we got to include those rushing stats there. Right. So you, st- you stay with the organization one more year before going to Tampa. And look, I'm a believer things happen for a reason. And you reunite, reunite with Brian Billick and Tony Dungy, and I mean, everything clicks. You win the 2002 Super Bowl, their first in team history, and you get a Pro Bowl appearance. Yeah, it was awesome. And in the, in the uh, I, I, it was a chance to be a free agent. And so I looked at different situations. And I thought uh, Tony Dungy was the head coach at that time. We'd been together for three years in Minnesota when he's the defense coordinator there. And so he really turned that franchise around. They, were, they went from the yucks to the bucks. You know? <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. Some years. It's a lot of respect because I played those guys in Tampa, John Lynch and Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and all those guys. Uh, for many years, whether in the playoffs or regular season games. So I think I think it's just the perfect kind of team for me. And it's a good fit and grateful that Tony Dungeon made that that move for me in free agency and, and it's kind of a chance for me to get back down to Florida. But then they made a lot obviously they let Tony go, wasn't good enough coach, you know what I mean? <laughs> he later went on to win the Super Bowl in Indianapolis and then Hall of Fame coach. So a pretty incredible career he had. But then John Gruden came in made a bunch of moves in free agency with, you know, Joe Jervicious and Keenan McCardell and Ricky Dudley and Ken Dilger and Robin Oban and Kerry Jenkins and Michael Pittman. I mean, a lot of what Tampa did this past year. So we made about 15 to 17 moves in free agency, kind of upgrade our team in different areas. And so uh, we made a run at it. He inspired us and coached us hard and tough, made made practices, a war between the offense and defense. And we just, is is you know, the perfect perfect kind of year, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure with you know all these moves, you actually created that that number one defense um, in Tampa. So my question is, um, did the fact that the Buccaneers boasted that number one defense kind of, you know, I guess ultimately distract from the offense that what you guys were putting up, or you know, um, how was if you felt like the offense was undervalued at at all? Yeah, you, you know, it's a great question. I think if you look at any Super Bowl champions. They probably got a dominant defense at some point. I mean, I remember when Brett Favre won it, he had a guy named Reggie White and Leroy Butler. And <laughs> you say in Fran, when they won with Steve Young, he had Deion Sanders. And I mean, it, the list goes on. So you better have a great defense if you're going to win it. But we scored a lot more points than people think, too. And we were a dominant offense. We didn't turn the ball over um, much at all. And we scored on every turnover that was created that year. We scored on every turnover. That's a stat people don't know about, whether it's a touchdown or field goal. A lot of times we'd have big numbers in the first half, and then a lot of times we'd run the clock out a little bit. We'd run the ball, pound the ball with the way Gruden called the plays in the second half. So game's different. You don't get caught up in the numbers. You get caught up in the wins. And so, um, you know, the stats look great after it's over, but at the time you're just trying to win games. And that's we had we had a great great team for him. Had a great kicker too, Martin Gramatica. Yeah. He didn't have credit either. Yeah, and you know it's interesting because when a team wins the Super Bowl like that, that's the expectation, that's the barometer, and it's very, very hard to have that level of success, especially with how NFL careers are. And you know, unfortunately, the following years they weren't as successful, and 
yet another reunion, which seemed like a big reunion guy. And so this time it's with the Minnesota Vikings. And when Dante Culpepper went down to injury, he stepped in and he finished the season on a seven and two record with the lowest interception to attempt ratio. There's a stat for you. I don't yeah. know if you knew that, Brad. And then you play the following year in Minnesota before finishing your career with the Cowboys, backing up everyone's favorite commentator, Tony Romo. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. When I went back to Minnesota, uh, it was great for me. I was older at that time. I was about 38 years old, so it was a smooth move for me as far as having to learn a new system. Mike Tice was the head coach, so I knew they already knew the system. That was an easy – I was going to back up Dante Culpepper, and then he got hurt, and it was just a crazy injury. And then we had a, we got hot there for me, and it was a fun time for me because I could – I actually got a chance to start putting him on plays and kind of had more of an impact as a player, not coach, but a player – and a quarterback, what I wanted, you know what I mean? So those kind of things happened. Then I, went, I later left in free agency, went to Dallas, as backup to Tony Romo, loved it. Uh, Jason Garrett was the uh, offense coordinator. Wade Phillips was the head coach, loved playing for Wade. And, uh, but it was, just, it, was, it was just a fun time. Our team was 13-3 the very first year. And, but Tony was fun. I mean, whatever you hear on TV right now, that's kind of the way he was in the meeting room. So a lot of times, I don't know if we're talking, you know, about you know, how good we were in high school baseball or – senior proms or whatever it was. I mean, it was just, it was fun being in the meeting rooms with Tony. And then there's a lot of ball that was taking place too, but he's a smart guy, very intuitive, great, great playmaker. And obviously you wish he had won a Super Bowl for his, for his legacy, but tremendous, tremendous quarterback. And he'll be in the ring of honor there in, uh, in Dallas at some point. So I think Brad, you, you've been reading our notes because the next question was going to be about Tony. So let me kind of recycle that. You stepped in for Tony for three games um, yeah. when he hurt, when he hurt his finger. Um, was there a different atmosphere playing for quote unquote America's team? Was that a different spotlight? Obviously you've been in a Super Bowl. Was that something different? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, what's different about playing for Dallas is um, you're going to get the media attention. You know what yeah. I mean? The most NFL games you can have at nighttime or primetime games are six at night. Yeah. So you just count on Sunday night games, count on the Monday night games, count on primetime games and, you know, count on ESPN being at every practice and, and some kind of report. It's the same thing happens in Dallas as it happens in Buffalo or happens in yeah. Cleveland or Cincinnati, but it just gets more attention. And obviously Jerry Jones, he's built, he built a, an incredible, incredible franchise, you know what I mean? And the biggest Jerry Jones world, you know what I mean? The whole thing, but love playing for it. But there's going to be more attention given to every practice, every game, and spotlight is always on you. So that just kind of comes with territory. Brad, you played into your 40s. Now, I think a lot of people look at what Tom Brady does play until 44, and they think, oh, it's easy. You know, he, take care of, he takes care of his body, the TB12 method. But on the flip side, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks, Andrew Luck, RG3, that have early careers ended because of injuries and stuff adding up. I don't think people realize how tough it is, especially before the quarterback is protected like they are today. I mean, just – how did you treat your body and play for 17 seasons? Yeah, it's a physical sport. Uh, it's like riding a it's like riding a bull. It's not a matter of when you get hurt. It's not, <laughs> it's not a matter if you get hurt, it's a matter of when you get hurt. Tom's had an incredible year where he only he only missed one season because of a knee injury. Mm-hmm. And um, that that part is unbelievable. But I mean, all the nicks and bruises and broken bones and surgeries that take place, those are real. And to be able to lead a team in mini camps in the spring and the summer workouts, the OTA days, and then the training camp, and then the, the preseason games, and then the regular season, and then the playoffs games. It's a lot. It's a lot on your body. And I think just being mentally fresh, uh, knowing when to pick out your times, when to get your naps, 
<laughs> I know when times to push it at the same time. I mean, you got to take care of your body year round to be able to do it. But, you know, a lot of us being lucky too. And, uh, you know, some guys get thrown into the fire too fast. Some guys that get drafted way too early and they're playing them out there way too fast before they should play. If, you know, if you take some Super Bowl guys that have actually won it, um, I sat for my first three or four years. Aaron Rodgers sat for his first three years. Tom Brady sat for his two years. Brett Favre sat for a year and a half. Um, Troy Aikman, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if he did. Uh, Steve Young, he sat forever. Uh, Eli Manning sat for six games. Kurt Warner sat for a couple of years. I mean, think about how that was really taking place. Carson Palmer, Michael Vick, Steve McNair, all those guys sat. So a lot of it depends on how your career goes. The Peyton Manning to the world that's played early, man, holy smokes, it's special what he did, but not many guys can do what he did. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead, Teddy. No, I was going to ask, I feel like this is the only time I can ask this. I don't know too many NFL players, unfortunately. So what was your first thought after winning the Super Bowl? I have to I have to ask that. Yeah, you know, it's it, it was pretty awesome because in 1987, one of my heroes, a guy named Phil Sims, playing for the great New York Giants, played against the great Denver Broncos with John Elway and yeah. Phil Sims, but 22 for 25. I think they won the game 37-20. And after the game, he confetti was falling on his face. He said, I'm going to Disneyland, you know. And then quote. 10 years later, when the Super Bowl takes place, you know, we we win it. I'm holding my son, Max, who's two years old. I don't know if you can see it right here. I got a picture of it right here. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. Oh, nice. So that was awesome. My son, Max, and and uh, I'm here with my buddy, John Gruden. I don't know if you can see this picture either. There you go. You oh, there we go. Yeah, so I got John Gruden, my wife, Nikki, and holding Max, and my wife, Nikki's pregnant with Jake. Seven and a half months pregnant, and confetti was falling on our face, and we're going to Disney World, you know? <laughs> Family vacation. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. You know, that moment to say for once, for one moment in your life, it's not a vote. It's not done by the media. It's not a political race. Who are you voting for? Who Should we vote this guy into something? Some, you win it. You win it as a team. There's only 34 guys that have won the Super Bowl as a quarterback, 12 guys that won it multiple times. Three other guys won it multiple times as far as the, as the backup. And uh, it's a select group. There's only 45 presidents in the world. There's only 66 guys that have worn a green jacket. And the uh, the Masters, 120-something uh, Kentucky Derby winners. You know what I mean? So it's a select group. You and, got these stats but, down. Yeah, man. But it's, it's pretty – what it is, it's humbling. It's very humbling because – it goes back to your parents. It goes back to your teachers, your youth football coaches, your high school coaches, everybody that impacted your life along the way. And it's really just a great time to kind of give back to those people and because they're in that moment with you too, cheering for you and want to be they're a big part of your life. So I just it's very humbling to be honest with you. Well, we're talking with Brad Johnson, Super Bowl MVP, TikTok star. I MVP. I was not hurt. Dexter Jackson was MVP. I, he was. I got I got a little carried away because you're the MVP of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the man who before we went live showed us his extremely nice man cave. Brad, we like to get our guests out of here with a little triple play rapid fire. Some this or that questions. Not all these are going to be football related, and you uh, probably haven't been asked of these before. You game? Let's try it. All right. You can wear one jersey, and it's just based on looks. The Vikings purple, the Washington burgundy, or the Dallas navy. Which one are you picking? You know what? I'll be honest with you. I grew up in North Carolina. Washington Redskins were my favorite team growing up as a kid. So that was my favorite jersey because it was my 
that was my dream to play for the Redskins, to be honest. All right. I, I was not expecting that one, but I like that answer, the honest one. Would you rather throw an interception or get sacked on three consecutive plays? Get sacked on three consecutive plays. I hate interceptions. <laughs> I mean, but it, it's it's mentally feeling bad versus physically feeling bad, but I like it. I don't, I don't like those picks. Like that's, that's, that's a team player right there. <laughs> Would you rather forget who you were or forget who everyone else was? No, I think I don't, I don't need it. I mean, no, I'd, I'd rather forget who I am, kind of be in other people's lives. You know what I mean? Okay. I like, like that. I like that. Would you rather fight Mike Tyson once or talk like him the rest of your life? <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> Told you, you probably haven't been asked some of these. Oh, oh man. man. I'd have to duck and, duck and weave. I'd have to take a 10 count real quick. So I ain't going to talk like that. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, you took a lot of hits in your career. I'm sure you can last one round with him. <laughs> It'd be one pop and go down. You know what I mean? It's a smart business decision. You can't have that voice on the TikTok channel. That's right. Would you rather owe someone money or owe them a favor? Uh, (laughs) I'd rather, I'd rather owe them. I'd rather pay back the favor, but owe them money. You know what I mean? Okay. I like it. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, money is an, uh, is an unspecified amount. The favor you don't know. It's a good answer. You can use one utensil the rest of your life, a fork, spoon, or knife. What are you picking? Well, I'd like to have a Swiss Army knife, but I'll, I'll <laughs> take I'll take I'll take the fork. That's the right answer. I like that. We've only had one person say knife, and it was Hugh Jackson, and he said, "I'll never know when I need protection." So, <laughs> but I I do think fork is the right one. Sandpaper as toilet paper or hot sauce as eye drops. <laughs> oh man I'm gonna take, I'll take the hot sauce I'm, the hot sauce. <laughs> I'm with you if either way it's not going to feel really good we got, oh, a, man. we got a few left here I'm glad I got you to laugh at a couple of these that was my goal would you rather be reborn in the past or in the future you know what I, 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 love, the, I, love, the, I love the past you know what I mean I brag, I, you know, it's funny, man. I brag on the 80s all the time, man. I love growing up and when I did. So I, I'd say in the past, maybe have an impact on the future. Okay. I like it. I like it. These are thoughtful answers for rapid fire. What is your favorite cereal? Holy smokes. Uh, man, I say Raisin Bran. Raisin, I, you know, I'm, Raisin, Raisin Bran, Bran is good. Raisin Bran Crunch. That's me. Okay, we got we got to get the the crunch in there. Now I saved this one for last because this is going to be a tough one. Would you rather not watch football in any capacity for a year, college, NFL, or you can't make a TikTok video for a year? <laughs> Man, I'm out. I'm gonna make TikToks, baby. It, the show is on. I mean, it's gonna be on. So just can't on, just can't on this happening. So I'm on game out there happening. You know. That's what I, hey, you have 23,000 TikTok followers. You can't stop for a year. Yeah, yeah, I just want people to have fun with it. You know what I mean? I don't even care how many followers we got. Whoever's watching it, they are definitely going to be entertained. That, that truer words have not been said. Brad, <laughs> we really appreciate you joining us um, and, and just talking about your story. I mean, you are such an optimistic and cheerful guy. Um, before we get out of here, 
Is there anything that you want to plug? I know you got a merchandise store where people can follow you on the socials. Yeah, you know, I'm involved with two different charities up in Asheville, North Carolina. That's where I grew up. One's the Evelyn Foundation and the other one's called Beyond All Borders. Those are my two charities I'm involved with. And so if you go on cafepress.com backslash Big Bad Brad 14, you'll get the uh, you can get you can get all the, the Big Bad Brad gear that you want, whatever, hats, T-shirts, mugs and whatever it is. And all that money goes to Beyond All Borders. So that's basically where it is. You can find me on all the social media deals and on Twitter and Instagram and, and here and all that kind of stuff. It's Brad underscore johnson underscore 14 so you can find me out there but i appreciate it guys yeah and uh tiktok big bad brad 14 always posting good videos out there so if you if you want to get sucked in and uh lose some time but spend it productively make sure you see some of those tiktoks everybody that watches triple play we appreciate you guys tuning in make sure you give brad a follow we'll catch you guys on the next one